0: Welcome to the Firearm Trainers Podcast, part of the ConcealedCarry.com network. I'm your host, Rob Beckman. Today, we're talking about medical preparedness. We bring you this podcast to support the industry, the Second Amendment, and most importantly, every firearm instructor in America that dedicates time and energy into making gun owners more knowledgeable. This episode is brought to you by our friends at the FTA, the Firearm Trainers Association. Head on over to their website at ftaprotect.com to learn more about their instructor coverage they offer and their competitive pricing. Receive a special 10% off on your policy by entering promo code FTP10. This episode is brought to you by Mantis X. The Mantis X is a must-have for any serious fire instructor. The Mantis X is a high-tech, lightweight precision sensor that attaches to a gun, analyzes shooter's movement patterns, and displays all the information in real time on a smartphone or tablet. The Mantis X gives instructors objective, data-driven feedback, on things that the human eye can't see so that you can coach your students more effectively. Get 10% off with promo code FTP10 at mantisx.com. Today, we are joined by Brian McLaughlin from concealedcarry.com. Welcome, Brian, how are you doing today?
1: I'm doing great, Rob, thanks for having me on.
0: We're very honored to have you here. Well, some of of our listeners might recognize who Brian is from the work he's done at concealedcarry.com podcast. But Brian, can you give our listeners a little bit of your background?
1: (laughs) Absolutely. So um, I was a corpsman for the Marine Corps. It's kind of like a medic for uh, those of you that don't know. Uh, medics tend to be more on the Army side and uh, corpsmen uh, like to say that they're the best out there. So we're not really medics. We're better than medics. is what they like to say. But uh, we did some work uh, in Afghanistan. Um, saw some combat over there. Got to do a lot of uh, trauma medicine. Um, I've been to uh, quite a few Combat Management Trauma Schools, Um, did some work with uh, the International School of Tactical Medicine out there in Palm Springs, Um, worked in the ER for a couple of years, and um, I've uh, passed uh, the EMT certification uh, a couple of times, both in the military and as a civilian.
0: Well, that's great. You're definitely highly qualified for the topic that we have at hand about medical preparedness and how instructors should be more prepared for it. Uh, one of the things I think instructors need to realize is, no matter what we're training on, there's always a chance of somebody uh, having a medical incident. You know, we we train with firearms, and we're worried about people getting shot all the time. But we also have the four safety rules that, if we follow them, pretty much guarantees that somebody's not going to get shot. Except we've got bees around ranges. We've got people that have heart attacks, strokes. What happens if we get a ricochet off off of a piece of steel or off of a uh, off a rock behind a backstop. Um, all those things shouldn't happen, but at the same time, you know, as instructors, we always want to be prepared. And today I know, you know, Brian brought to me about the idea, a new program he's coming out with com called Mountain Man Medical. Can you give us a little bit of background, Brian, about what Mountain Man Medical is all about and why our instructors might be interested in it?
1: Yeah. So, um, <clears throat> Mountain Man Medical has been kind of my baby. I've uh, been, um, heavily involved with it. And uh, one of the things that is really important to me is putting out good information. Um, I kind of, I I, I look at um, all of the training that we've got coming out and all of the equipment. Uh, I look at it as though I was preparing it for my Marines. You know, I want to take as good a care of my Marines as I possibly could. um, And I see this as kind of a transition of that. Um, you know, no, in no way do I want on my conscience that I put together a bad training program or a bad kit and that led to somebody getting hurt. So um, I've been uh, very conscientious about that and trying to put together the best possible products that we can. But on top of that, um, one of the things that you see in the medical world is, you know, some pretty high prices. So um, this um, is an attempt to get as many people supplied with medical equipment as possible. So we're trying to go with a very low price point um, so that we can get medical equipment into as many hands as possible, especially our customers um, and those people that are going to be in harm's way or could potentially use this, you know, to work on a loved one. I know if I was uh, purchasing a kit and I was using it to work on one of my children or my wife, I would want it to work. And the intention of the kits and the training is, is is to make that as efficient and as helpful as possible. You know, we always
0: talk when when it comes to carrying your firearm that you never plan to go into trouble because if you knew there was trouble, it was going to come tonight five o'clock, you would go along and avoid the problem altogether or bring a friend or something else like that to make sure that you were you prepared for it. And I think we got to take the same attitude when it comes to being medically prepared. Nobody nobody wakes up in the morning and says, Hey, I'm gonna have a heart attack, or hey, look at this. I'm gonna I'm gonna go along and break my leg, you know, because you know, I'm gonna fall on the ice, something along those lines. It's gonna happen unexpectedly. And it's how it's going along and training your mind to know what to do at the proper time and to to save those precious uh, seconds. You know, just when we're talking about firearm training, same thing happens. If I go along and I've got to take, unlock my my gun load it and before i'm ready to fight i've lost prestige seconds in the whole in the whole process and same thing if i don't if i'm not carrying my medical kit if i don't know how to use a medical kit properly uh you know those are all critical pieces that are going to that are really going to impact my ability to do that
1: uh, yes absolutely and and one of the things that i i like to to comment on is you know i we we do all this training. We buy all this equipment and gear, you know, to carry concealed. Um, but you're far more likely to use medical equipment than you are to, you know, draw your weapon in defense of your life. You know, we we carry a gun in just in case someone out there has you know bad intentions. Um, and and we should be carrying a medical medical equipment in in a similar way. Um, a lot of people will carry it on their person. You know, um, a medical kit here or there. Um, I usually have one pretty close by, but I, I don't generally like to have it on my body. I've got enough stuff all around me. I know you know uh, most of your listeners will probably understand that when you got a flashlight and a spare magazine and your pistol and everything else that you carry. Yep. You know, one more thing is kind of a pain. So I usually have a medical kit nearby, um, but you know I, I get it. Uh, medical is not nearly as cool as, you know, pistols and tactics and reloads and that kind of stuff. And so it kind of tends to get uh, overlooked, um, but you're far more likely to need a medical kit for yourself or somebody else than you are, you know, to use your pistol. So um, having a medical kit, a quality one nearby is is pretty essential, I think.
0: There are one guest a couple of weeks ago, Lisa Murphy, that talked about how she's gotten medical trained and has... Uh, been certified by the state of Ohio in trauma medicine, but the only time that she's gone along and used her medical training has been car accidents where she's the first one to you know show up. And that's one of those things to where we're preparing for the worst in trauma, gunfights, but at the same time, everyday life occurs and car accidents happen. Nobody plans for them and being prepared for them is no different than going along and having a smoke detector in your house or a fire extinguisher um, or having life insurance. You don't expect to use it. But at the same time, you do it so that you've got a better chance of surviving, and your family's got a better chance.
1: Absolutely, and I know from experience, um, there's nothing worse than having a medical problem and then you just standing by and not knowing what to do. You know, it's it that feeling of helplessness while you're watching someone hurt, um, and you don't know what to do for that person is 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 hard to deal with. You know, and you 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 after that, you you swear to yourself or at least I did, that that's not ever going to happen again, you know, and, and getting that training is important. Trauma medicine is not difficult. Um, and that's why they let people like me do it, you know, <laughs> <laughs> they put me out there with very little, very little training to be, you know, to be fair. And I was able to do my job effectively. Um, and uh, anybody can learn this stuff. Uh, you know, a five-year-old could be a hero. You know, you, you, you got to teach people the basics and and let it go from there and and th- there's a lot of lives that can be saved that way
0: exactly cpr mouth mouth resuscitation i can remember that came out when i was in grade school and now you know, a lot of people know that and i don't know what the numbers are off the top of my head but you know the, the thousands hundreds of thousands probably people have been saved because somebody was able to go along and do chest compressions on them or a heimlich maneuver um you know that was brand new thinking back in the seventies. And now all of a sudden, you know, people are regularly trained with it and you don't even think twice about it. That if somebody's choking in a restaurant about what to do. And there was yeah. a time when people were just like, uh, you know, call the ambulance and you know, you, you were just going to sit around. And to your point, I don't want to be sitting there and not having the information or having the knowledge of what to do type of thing. Yeah. So, so to that extent, you've got a video series coming out that I think all our instructors will be really interested in because, it's free for the, uh, you know, if they go along and sign up, uh, soon, tell us, tell us a little bit more about that. Cause I think every time I say free, I get people's attention because as an instructor, we're always trying to save money, trying to give our students better quality information. And when it's free, it, it helps us all out all the way around. So tell our instructors about it.
1: Yeah. So it's going to be a 13 day event, um, and, um, it will be available, um, Each one of those days is going to have a new video discussing a different topic. Um, I try to go into some details on uh, what to pay attention to. I go over a little bit of anatomy so that you kind of understand what it is that you're doing and why you're doing it. Um, In my opinion, that's very important um, to have a basic understanding of anatomy and why you're doing something because then if you don't have equipment available to you, you can improvise. Uh, One of the one of the big things that uh, corpsmen, you know, medics do is um, being able to improvise and make do with as little as possible. You're only going to be able to carry so many resources. If you have enough on you to take care of you and one other person, but you have three total casualties, you know, you're going to have to be able to figure out how to, how to take care of that extra casualty or, or whatever the case is. So if you know what's going on in the human body, then you can think outside the box more easily and and compensate for those lack of resources. Um, So the the training event uh, is supposed to cover a lot of that. It'll go over gunshot wounds, uh, massive trauma, head injuries. Um, It's just going to go down the entire list of trauma uh, problems that you might see. And I'm going to use my experience, uh, everything that I've been taught, and everything that I've um, I've gone through personally, to kind of develop this course to make it as as usable for as many people as possible.
0: Very cool, very cool. And that course is going to be coming out in February 2020. In case anybody listens to this uh, years to, years down, they know what year we're talking about and when it's going to be coming out. But February 2020 is when it's going to be coming out. And after that initial introduction, Brian, they will have to pay, you know, uh, for the training, which, uh, so it makes it very imperative to uh, get get on the email list at concealedcarry.com and get notified of, you know, when the free training is available, take advantage of it. So you can go along and not only get the, get the knowledge and see the videos, but there's also some uh, equipment that people can purchase too. Isn't there, uh, Brian?
1: There is. Yeah. I've also been working on, um, on some medical kits and part of what I already talked about was, you know, I wanted to develop a medical kit that I would use personally. Um, something that I felt was worthy. If I, if I received this as a gift or I decided to purchase it myself, that I'd be able to open it up and be pleased with what was inside. Um, and, and something that I would be able to treat a majority of the emergency trauma wounds, Now this isn't going to take care of things like um, you know if you've got bees on the range you know and someone is suffering from anaphylactic shock um, it's not going to be able to treat that Um, so you know but I will be going over that in the video series on what you need to do to pay attention to that and all that but um, the the trauma kit that I put together is a it's a nice little size we've got the Yellowstone and the Sweetwater kits that are coming out and the Yellowstone is our bigger uh, size. And it uh, includes everything that you need to probably take care of someone that's suffering from uh, a trauma injury. If you combine that with um, being trained and understanding what's going on, then you'll be able to do a lot of good with it.
0: What What are I, I know you just said the uh, Yellowstone and Sweetwater. Are there other names for the different kits that'll be coming
1: out? Uh, yes, but uh, those aren't to be released yet. We're starting off with kind of our flagship um, set series so far. Um, I've got ideas for a lot of stuff. Um, these are just more of like the personal kits, one that you carry to treat yourself and maybe one or two other people. Um, it's there, uh, another kit that I'm trying to uh, put together is, um, something that's going to be able to treat more people like uh, faith based organizations. Um, say you've got a church, you know, with a, like what just happened down in Texas, having a kit, that's on standby that can be able to treat mass casualties, uh, for an active shooter event, I think is important. Um, again, it's, you could save a lot of lives and reduce the impact that that shooter has on that location by, you know, reversing some of the the damage that he's done.
0: Mm-hmm. Definitely. You've got to, you've got to have the equipment to be able to take care of things. And <laughs> to your point too, you got to know how to improvise. And I think, and you know, no matter how much equipment you might have, you may not have enough, you know, when that day comes. And even if it's not a shooter, I mean, we've, we've seen churches that have gotten hit by tornadoes and you know, to where you could have a mass casually. And, Absolutely. you know, you, you've got to start thinking through this. If you're, if you got a large company, even, you know, where you've got hundreds of people there, you need a, you need to have some kind of medical ability because it's not always easy to get EMS there. Even if you're in a large city, getting to the 10th floor of a building will take EMS a little bit more time than if they can just pull up in front of your house. And those are all things to consider.
1: Yeah. And and one of the things I always try to say also is having multiple medical kits, Mm -hmm. more than just one. Uh, The reason for that is, you know, you you have one in your car, have one in your garage, you know, you're out there doing some work, you slip with a utility knife, you want to have that nearby. Or if you injure your leg when you're walking down the stairs into your basement, are you going to have to crawl up? Two stories to get to your medical kit while you're bleeding out, or are you going to have one that's closer and nearby for you to use? Um, Mm -hmm. Having something nearby is very important. And you don't need a whole lot of knowledge to be able to help somebody or help yourself until, you know, paramedics arrive. Um, But you do need some stuff. I I know a decent amount about improvisation, you know, being able to improvise on the fly, uh, because I don't have enough um, resources to to take care of as many people as I need to, but that's going to take time. I can improvise. I can make my own tourniquets and my own chest seals and that kind of stuff. I can do that, but that's going to take time. And when you only have two minutes and 30 seconds to put on a tourniquet, you know, and it takes you two minutes to make one, then you can see why it's going to be pretty important to have a ready, purposely built tourniquet nearby.
0: Our instructors might be thinking, that they need one of these kits. They're gonna out on the range uh, on a daily basis, and just like we were saying, somebody could catch, you know, a ricochet. Somebody could accidentally be shot, or somebody could fall, trip, break a break a leg. Um, which of these kits would be appropriate for you know, instructor to carry on the range with them? That wouldn't be too bulky. At the same time, would have those basic uh, pieces to take care of, uh, you know, traumatic injuries before the paramedics come.
1: I think uh, either of the kits that we have right now would be perfect for that. Um, the sweet water and the, the yellowstone, um, the yellowstone's got a little bit more stuff in it. Um, and you can, uh, you can make it go a little bit longer. Um, but both of the kits, um, utilize the same bag and it's a, it's a decent little size. It's uh, you could wear it on your belt or have it stationed in multiple places throughout the range. If you needed to, um, you know, if you wanted to get crazy, you could put one in each bay, but at the very least having one in, um, in the range or one or two on, uh, on your, uh, your range officers would be ideal. I know we just had, there was a range officer. Was it two weeks ago that, um, he got shot in the leg. I don't know if you remember that. Um, I I'm not sure if New, I, if I saw that down in New Mexico, this was like two weeks ago. Um, there was a, uh, a convict who had rented a pistol i think he was on a date or something and he uh he had taken his date to the range to go try out the the glock 19 and um she was shooting and a piece of brass went down her shirt and she started doing the hot brass stance and she wasn't careful where the muzzle was and she put a bullet right through uh the range officer's leg that was there to help them and they wound up having to amputate that leg Okay this stuff happens all the time, you know, having, um, having chest seals and a tourniquet on standby, you know, if you're in a dangerous job, like being a range officer, you never know what kind of knuckleheads are going to come in there and you're going to have to take care of yourself or take care of them or, you know, one of your other customers.
0: Most, most definitely. Most definitely. Um, do you have any information yet? I know we're uh, recording this before the official lease of the product about where people can uh, go along and, and, find uh find the link to register for this free event
1: um yes Uh, well i want to (laughs) say no i was told by jacob right (laughs) before this what it was but as of right now it's slipping my mind Uh, my your best bet would be just go to concealed com, look it up there uh we're going to be um you know talking about it quite a bit um and you should see something come across there um talking about uh, the mountain man medical kits
0: and I will go along and follow up uh, with Jacob. He's been on the podcast before, and get those links so that we can uh, so everybody who's listening can get to those uh, links and either purchase what they want or go along and attend the free video training event, which uh, should be very interesting. Uh, I took a tactical ca- combat casualty care course last year, and it's always good to see and uh, other instructors what they teach, and it's also good to go along and kind of stretch your Knowledge when it comes to certain things, and I do have to say, um, it opens your eyes trying to trying to figure out okay, what what would you do in these situations, and that's what the course is. I mean, they present information, and then you go along and work out how you would apply things, and that's not always. It's not always uh, pleasant to think about, but at the same time, if we're going to go on, be playing around with you know guns and knives and things, things that go boom, we should be prepared in case something doesn't go wrong. You know, we've got a spare tire in our car, not because we expect our car not to work, but because you know, in case it doesn't work, we want to be able to go along and uh, replace that tire. So I think that's the same way when it comes to getting quality medical training. And can't say it enough: we free event why not go along and, and join? So we're going to be Absolutely. posting this quite a, quite a bit on the uh, website as well as Facebook, and hopefully everybody will join us. Uh, hey, uh, Brian, last question for you. What kind of books are you reading these days? Um, any, anything you want to re- recommend to our uh,
1: listeners? Yeah, I just got done reading um, Tribe by Sebastian Younger, and um, I don't know if uh, any of your les- listeners or you have um, seen the, the documentary Restrepo. Um, but uh, that documentary was produced or was, was done by uh, Sebastian Younger. He was an embedded reporter um, out at the Korengal Valley, I believe. Um, and he wrote a book called Tribe, um, and it discusses a lot about um, why um, veterans, when they come back from war, why they just want to go back. And um, that was something that I struggled with for a very long time and still do to a, de- to a degree. Um, trying to find my place in the world after going through something like that, and uh, that really helped to kind of bring a lot of questions into uh, into clarity for me. Mm-hmm. Made a lot of sense, and it's very well written. So uh, I, I recommend uh, giving that one a check out if uh, anybody's inclined. It's a short read, but very, very good, very well written.
0: I, I will have to look that up because not having served in the military myself, uh, my hat's off to all the military veterans that are out there. And uh, if there's a book that helps them, you know, feel a little bit better about what they went through, because no matter what I say or do, it's never going to compare to what it was like to be on, in the middle of a battlefield. Uh, just yeah. never going to experience that, but you know, it's, it's great to help, help our veterans out.
1: Yeah. Uh, a lot of my family, you know, they, they, they saw me, you know, struggling with some of the things that I did, you know, and, and they, they, um, they were able to get kind of a more clarity on their end of why I was the way I was, or am the way that I am. Um, so even if, you know, you haven't been through it yourself, or, you know, maybe you've got a loved one who has been through that and, and uh, you want to try to understand that a little bit more, you know, that's right up, I think Tribe um, by Sebastian Younger would, is right up there with. On killing and on combat by uh, Lieutenant Colonel David Grossman.
0: And yeah, we just uh, talked about that with uh, Dave Spaulding on the last uh, last podcast about uh, Lieutenant Colonel uh, Grossman and how on point those books are with uh, you know what goes on psychologically in people's heads when they're in those high stress situations.
1: Yeah, all three of those books have have helped me immensely. Um, primarily, it lets me know that I'm not alone. You know, there's so many veterans that come back from Afghanistan or Iraq or, you know, wherever they've been. And they've got all these feelings and they just bottle them up. They, you know, they, they think, you know, what's wrong with me? Why do I feel like this? And, you know, only crazy people would want to go back to war. You know, why do I want to go back so badly? Or, you know, struggling with uh, some of the trauma that we've seen, you know, and why, why do I feel the way that I do? I shouldn't feel like this. And the, the reality is, yes, you should. If you don't, then there's something wrong with you. You're
0: not, if you're, if you're human, you're going to feel like that.
1: Yes. You know, and, and there is a definitely, um, it, it was a, it, going to Afghanistan was a, was a good moment of my life. It was very difficult and, you know, and I still struggle with a lot of the things that happened there still to this day, but I wouldn't give it up for anything. You know, it made me who I am and it made me stronger and, uh, I just need to learn how to cope better.
0: Well, thank you for everything you've done and uh, coming on the podcast, putting together the Mountain Man Medical course and such. And I really hope our listeners take some time, take a look at it, um, if it's possible for them to take, take advantage of that free event, because again, you're sharing this information for them in the initial launch for free. And as an instructor, that's music my ears. Excellent. Well, where can instructors find more out about Brian McLaughlin and Mountain Man Medical?
1: Uh, best way would be to just go to uh, concealed and I've got a bunch of articles on there that I've written. Um, I, I try my hardest. I'm not very good, but uh, I, I, I give it my best. So uh, feel free to read some of those. I've got a couple of uh, medical articles that are up uh, one about uh, active shooter medicine um, and some things that um, uh, some ideas that I've had based on that. And um, you can contact me that way.
0: Good. Yep. Always looking for feedback on those articles that uh, are out there on concealedcarry.com. Well, that's a wrap for this episode, and we have a few requests to our loyal listeners. If you have any ideas, questions, or feedback, please email us at ftp at com. We're, we're very responsive to our listeners, and if you send us an idea, we'll take a look at it, contact you, and see what we can do about incorporating it into a future episode. Visit our sponsors, especially the Farm Trainers Association, at ftaprotect.com and check out their instructor insurance. Remember, being a responsible instructor means having insurance coverage on what you're doing. Remember, use promo code FTP10 for 10% off. Go out, rate our podcast, and leave us a review on iTunes and Google Play. Let other people know about our podcast. Go along and check out the other concealedcarry.com podcast, the concealedcarry.com and the Not Your Average Gun Girl podcast two of which I listen to myself. Remember, we bring you this podcast to support the industry, the Second Amendment, and most importantly, every firearm instructor in America that dedicates time and energy into making gun owners more knowledgeable. Get some training and stay safe, everyone.